Hi everyone, and welcome back to A Game Called Quest. This is our third episode zero, and our first game with Yaselga. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I'm Rose, and I will be your game master today. My name is Brett Mazora. Uh, I will be playing Yasalga. Excellent. So, your story begins in the fanciful, fantastical art gallery, The Collector's Corner. From the lifelike sculptures to the surrealist paintings, you'll find versatile and varying artists of many backgrounds and multiple different styles preparing for a grand art show opening. In this museum, magic is artistic and stylized. Danger is left outside the door, and daily life is filled with creativity and artistic luxury. So, we start with a pan through this entire museum. Almost as if you're walking through the museum looking and preparing. Uh, you see a table of snacks, of various lavish foods, chocolates, all sorts of delicious, delicious snacks. Uh, definitely many glasses of champagne. And then we see uh, these sculptures. We see an artist who's chiseling away the final bits. We also see a group of dancers just like fly across the room like literally fly they have wings and then we pan over to where there is a, a stage set up uh, like a small stage for something but we can't tell what it is because there's not an artist there and this uh, woman comes over she has pale blue skin and uh, tentacles flowing robes and uh, she claps her hands and she uh, she goes where is Yaselga and then we zoom out away from the art gallery, back into the street, and out into the city. And where do we find Yaselga? Yaselga is about is as high up in a tree as he can get. That is uh, the first branch because he is not able to pull himself up any farther than that. But he likes the view from four feet high. Amazing. So as we zoom out, uh, we find there's like a like a town square with uh, some shops, people bustling around, and then there's like a, a, a grassy field like you might find an isolated nature area. And we find Yasalga in this tree. And go ahead and give us a description of uh, what your character looks like and then also what he's doing. Yasalga is an 80-year-old dwarf. He's short, as you might imagine, solidly four foot eight he would claim uh <laughs> he has a very wide selection of uh of short robes all the same color uh a dark maroon with sleeves rolled up which is kind of an odd way to wear a robe he has a light yellow uh vest underneath which is also kind of an odd choice but it's more of a functional one because this vest has very has many many pockets on it maybe aggressively too many is there any other amount of pockets to have other than an aggressive amount <laughs> I, I feel like that's like the fashion as far as uh Yusoka himself uh probably the most noticeable feature are uh two very large tattoos on each forearm they seem to shift ever so slightly the tattoo on the left is two spiders each one is uh, spinning a single strand of silk, but it is the same strand of silk as if they had started at a single point Ooh. and moved outward uh, and That's were connected so cool. by that strand of silk. And the the one on the right looks, uh, it's, a, it's the face of a dwarf 
and it looks a lot like Yasoga, but a good bit younger. Uh, not, it doesn't have the same uh, wrinkles in the face. Uh, the, the beard and hair are a good bit shorter. Either he's really sentimental about a family member, or he literally got a tattoo of himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bo- both, both are very, very possible. So I, aside from that, the only other thing that would really tell him apart from the other dwarves of the community that he came from would be his very intricately braided beard and hair. He has clearly spent uh, a very, very long time to create something with all the hair on his head. That's really cool. So I think we definitely, like, see all of that. I think that, you know, you're sitting up in the tree, uh, a little butterfly lands on your arm and then flutters away, and then... The clock chimes, and it is gallery opening o'clock. What do you do? What a beautiful sound. The chime of a bell. The opening of my performance. Um, oh, um, Yasoga slowly climbs down the tree, only uh, at that speed because he simply cannot muster any faster than that without putting himself <laughs> in danger. Uh, once he hits the ground, takes a moment to orient himself because he he had gotten a little lost uh, in his own headspace uh, up up on that branch, realizes where he is in uh, in the city, and certainly not at a run or a jog, but a uh, a hasty, purposeful walk <laughs> heads towards uh, heads towards the gallery. So here you go, Yuzelga. You're you're going down the street. You're you're ducking not so gracefully between people. <laughs> and at one point, you. You, you whirl around a corner, you slam right into uh, a much taller uh, being. And at first, uh, it grumbles. And it's a, it's a gentleman, a black man with a, he's human. He has a, a white tunic on and just like kind of like a, pa- like a plain uh, navy pant. And he has, you know, tightly uh, dreaded locks that are pulled back into a, into a bun on the back of his head. And uh, he, he first like looks around a little bit confused. And then uh, his gaze falls down and an uh, enormous smile covers his face. Because you are renowned, I believe, were the words that you used. So this <laughs> gentleman recognizes you. And he goes, oh my god. Are you the Yasoga? Well, I don't know if anyone is the anything, but I am a Yasoga. I'd recognize that luscious hair anywhere. And... Uh, he tears off his tunic, and underneath, he has a painting of you on his bare chest. That is quite something. You must stay and talk. You need to tell me everything about you, and then I can add it to my painting. What a fascinating project that is. But, you see... I am, in fact, on my way now to open my own project at a gallery nearby. Would you want to come with me as we speak? And perhaps my work can speak for itself as well. So uh, he he starts, he was about to like pull you over to a bench. He's like, he's got stars <laughs> in his eyes. He just wants you to himself. So I'd say go ahead and give me a roll. 
to see how this goes, how it goes with trying to convince him to share you with the world. Oh, that's a, that's a two. <laughs> oh no, well, huh. I wish I could say that that worked, but no, it doesn't. That's a, that's a strong first roll of my first game of Quest. <laughs> that, yeah, that definitely like sets a certain um, tone. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, you fail and face a setback. So I think uh, what happens is you, you try to kind of like usher uh, him away and and he is not feeling it. He, he, he kind of like grabs your arm and uh, tr- like starts tugging on it and, and is like, Yasolga, you owe it to your fans to give me some one-on-one time. I've dedicated my life to studying your progress as an artist and this is just unacceptable. And he's speaking very, very loudly. And you're starting to draw some looks, definitely. Um, you see like some of the people, there's a, there's like a scarf clothing stand with like all these billowing fabrics coming out from underneath of it. And you see a couple of elven ladies who are trying on scarves they all look over and one of them pulls out a magic ball that captures images and takes your picture and you know that that device is something that usually only a reporter would have Yasonga produces the the smell of lavender and uh and tea and tries to slightly brighten the area that that he's in uh, to produce a more calming atmosphere. Uh, that would be magic tricks using uh, to conjure conjure smell and light. Awesome, yeah. So I think that that does have the desired effect. The image of the man of you like ripping your arm away from him is still held in the globe. Uh, that that damage cannot be undone. Like that's probably going to get published now. But you do have this calming effect when you create this. Do you want to describe to me like... Uh, what that looks like <laughs> in this square full of people like what happens exactly when you use this magic so this creates a a tiny thread that you can see light reflecting off of it similar to like a thin fishing line or like or like a like a like a like a spider web you know maybe maybe something like that oh my gosh i love it it's so good uh you can see the the thread slowly extend out from Yasoga's forehead and you can see it kind of catch in the wind and each of those uh, connect to the the different sensory areas of anyone that he's trying to to perform for uh, so one one thread from from forehead to to nose for our new friend one thread from forehead to eyelids since those are the those are the senses that he is trying to affect okay so i think you can see there's almost anger in the man's eyes as you rip away from him. But then uh, after that magic happens, he just takes a deep breath like, Oh my god, you did it. You just made art, didn't you? Oh, that's so good. Okay, yeah, yeah, go, go. Uh, you need to share You need to share that creativity with the world, man. Share it. That is just, just a moment of peace that I found long time ago if you would want to experience more i could use your help at my opening for the performance i'm about to do his jaw drops the stars are back in his eyes and he goes you want you want my help yes i could see how much passion you have for my work 
So I think I could do something unique. Please follow me. Yes, I mean, yeah, sure. I'm, that sounds cool. I, I, th- I think I can do that. And he's trying to play it cool as he picks up his tunic and tries to put it back on, but it's ripped in half. So it doesn't totally work. Uh, but the two of you guys head off down the main street. So you know uh, you've been late to art gallery <laughs> openings before for the exact same reason I'm thinking probably. Is that an accurate statement? Time is a construct and also very hard to keep track of. <laughs> Amazing. So you know of a shortcut uh, to get kind of away from the people. You duck off down an alleyway to switch from one street to another so you can get closer to the gallery. And as you guys are uh, making your way down this street, the gentleman, suddenly he lets out just this high-pitched cry like, "Ah!" and uh, you look and and he's pointing and jumping up and down and you look and you can see a swarm of rats and they are doing the entire alleyway. It's, they're all like sort of morphed together and they are coming towards you. What do you do? Do I know if uh, if this is the only way uh, towards the towards the gallery? Uh, okay, so go ahead and I think maybe make a roll to see if you would remember another way to go. Oh man, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long campaign. I rolled a five. Oh d- oh no! In the time that you're scrunching up your head to think, the rats suddenly swarm around your new friend and start just carrying him away. Yasalga, who is not the quickest on his feet, literally or figuratively, is going to stand there transfixed by such a fascinating but odd sight as the rats carry uh, his friend around around the corner of the alleyway before he realizes that he probably should do something about this so he he, he quick um like runs the end of the uh the alleyway and peeks his head out so when you turn the corner they're going toward like a sewer hole i would like to use magic tricks again to create a very uncomfortable feeling along the ground and then also creating the the sound of the sound the sound of cats uh emanating from uh the sewer that they're trying to enter oh well i was gonna make you roll but if it sounds like cats are coming from the sewer, that's enough. They turn around and start running back in your direction. Uh, my new friend, are you okay? Uh, does it look like it? Well, no, it doesn't. So that does answer my question. If they're coming right at me, I'm going to try and stand my ground to see if they will go around me. Uh, or if I can push through, you know, the horde to get to, uh, to get to this guy. So you want to push through them or like attack them like they're gonna just run into you they're gonna stampede over you uh, i do want to see if like i can just hang on where i'm standing because if then that seems like it would bring kind of bring them into me almost as if it was like a wave of water like just just stand and take it and then and then grab them out of it all right go ahead and give me a roll 14 finally something that with two digits that's a success uh, you accomplished what you were trying to do without any compromises. What explains to me the image of this moment as you rescue your new friend from the swarm of rats? Uh, so the the wave the wave of, of rats uh, rolls in. I wish I hadn't picked rats. Uh, I, hey, I, I'm the one that's gotta that's gotta wade through them now. Yusoga plants plants his feet and lets the the first few kind of run into his shins and prepares himself to catch this guy. And just as soon as as soon as his body is brought close enough, he just bear hugs him and drops to the ground, hoping that the weight of their bodies together is too much for the rats to hold. And it is. They don't hold both of you. They just you feel like tiny rat feet. 
across your back and then uh and then finally it stops and like both of you just lie there for a second and then you both slowly stand up and look around and the rats are gone that was scary i hated that every moment except for the part where you hugged me that was great that is not a normal occurrence for me i may need a moment to take down this memory no i should not i don't have the time if you could do me a favor please try to remember as much as you can about that experience and we shall recreate it on stage for our patrons at the gallery but for now we must move man i could never forget that that was freaky as heck good (laughs) oh my god and the two of you guys leave the alleyway um back out into not quite as busy of a street uh before you were kind of in the um more like middle class part of town but now you're going toward the art gallery it's more of like the wealthier district there's not a lot of people out because it's early evening so most people would be inside eating dinner or uh getting ready to go to their events not many people out for a stroll right now uh when you hear behind you the clinking of metal and the scurrying of footsteps not rat footsteps but just regular footsteps all right we just hear it we don't we don't see anything uh, so if you look around, uh, you would see sort of like from behind the corners of one of the buildings, there's like a shadow poking out from the side. Directly along the path that we're we're taking to get to the gallery? It was coming from behind you. So if you turn around to look, you would see that. Well, for, for Yusaga, that is not not something that he's terribly concerned with. Yeah, he just, he just continues down the same path and doesn't even look. Awesome. So what uh, is something on you? Like what's something that's in your inventory? Uh, I have a short staff uh, that right now is across my back and a small uh, flask hangs at my at my right hip with a little bit of uh, hallucinogenic water. So here's what happens. You guys continue walking for a little bit. You keep you do keep hearing like this rustling kind of behind you. You just kind of brush it off, keep walking. And then suddenly, like very, very quickly, you look down and your flask is gone but immediately standing in front of you are these two kids and one of them is holding your flask like like they did a really good job pickpocketing you but then like did a bad job getting away (laughs) you see before you these two young thieves they're moon spirits so they have very very pale skin as white as the moon but they have sort of like a strange shadowy aura around them uh you can tell like that's probably the shadow that you saw so what do you do uh i yell out to them please that is mine and it is very valuable to me they're standing right in front of you do you still (laughs) yell at them Yes, I still yell at them out of shock. So uh, you shout right in their faces and uh, they start a little bit and uh, take a few steps back. And uh, one of them goes, uh, but we didn't take anything. And you can tell they are lying. They definitely took your flask. They're holding it in their hands. I see. Uh, you're right. You didn't take anything. And I'd, I'd like to cast a Mesmerize. Talk to me about Mesmerize. So I would like to form the illusion that they don't have anything in their hands. I just have to spend one um, one AP. Amazing. So what image do you... 
do we just see them holding it and then suddenly like their vision fogs and then they're not holding it anymore uh you know it's just an optical illusion so they can probably still feel it but it looks like there's nothing in their hand uh and i'd i'd like to if i can use that opportunity to like advance on them and just try and try and grab it right out of their hands yeah i mean i think there's definitely like they have this moment of confusion they look between them and uh, one of them goes did we did we take something and a similar moment to what you had earlier uh they look down and they have nothing in their hands and when they look back up you you have it back and the one there's one that's like they're both kids but one of them's like smaller than the other and the, the smaller looking one goes come on come on you want to fight you want to fight put them up put them up no young one you mistake me i simply want my belongings back that you've taken and then the older one goes uh, you're not you're not going to turn us in are you no i admire the craft that you've performed here and i understand that someone of your age must make certain mistakes to gain experience i do hope that you learn something from it in front that this experience is something that you remember it seems like maybe it went over the younger one's head they go you can't tell us what to do you can't put them up put them up but the older one kind of she puts her hand on on their shoulder and goes we'll be more cautious of the consequences of our action in the future and looks sheepishly at the ground good i think that you will remember this moment in fact would you like to come with me i as i said have not planned to tell anyone about what has happened here but i could use your feelings from this moment in my art that i will be uh performing very close to here in fact in exchange i could give you a small amount of what i have in this flask here that would be beyond generous i i smell that flask the contents of it i could that could pay for my dinner of course absolutely um and by the way uh and she holds out a hand my name my name is luna and this is my sibling dusk Luna and Dusk was very poetic. I think that we were meant to have this encounter together, but we do not have much time for what time is worth. We need to hurry all together. All right, so you guys hurry up. You find the gallery. You come up, and it. this is must be where all the rich people were because there is a huge crowd outside, and they're totally all the way up to the door. Uh, you can see there is, like, a bouncer slash guard person at the front door, but it is it is very crowded right outside of this gallery right now. Uh, what do you do? You, you need to get inside. Uh, there's a lot of people around, and this isn't just your fans. It's also the fans of other artists. It might be a little tricky to get inside, so how do you want to go about this? Let's see. I don't know if this would work on a crowd of this size, um, but I'd like to, I'd like to bamboozle them into thinking that the entrance to the gallery is whatever the next building over is. I, I don't know, like maybe you could convince, you could bamboozle one person and then they, you could roll a die and see if it works and they will convince everybody else. I like that idea. Excellent. So who do you seek out to bamboozle? Who's the tallest person that I can see? Okay, there is a large, sentient, metal, gender-fluid individual with a cowboy hat. Yes. And they are so tall, as tall as, like, a telephone pole, basically. Oh, wow. So they're very tall. You could you could go to them. That's exactly who I'm looking for, uh, the most visible person, clearly, to try and bamboozle them into leading the pack to a separate door. 
Yeah, so do you have to say things or do you just like plant the thought in in their mind? Like, what does that look like? It's gonna be a long thread, but you see again, a set of three strands uh, of this barely visible silk come from uh, Yusalga's forehead, spiraling around, reaching up, up, up to uh, this metal, this metal person's uh, eyes and forehead. From there, you see a few wrap from that forehead point all the way around, forming like a small circlet uh, around their head. And from that, uh, the being's head would turn towards where they believe this, the actual entrance to the gallery is. They are kind of bent over to sort of be more a part of the crowd, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so they grow up to their full height, the size of a telephone pole. And in this voice that is very uh, metallic and tinny in nature, they go, ah, I think that we're at the wrong door. I think we might be at the wrong door. And their voice is very loud and it kind of rings throughout the crowd. Uh, Go ahead and give me a roll to see how this goes. (laughs) All right. Ooh, 16. Amazing. So the crowd all follows. Luckily, your three companions, they start to go in that direction, but you you grab them by the shoulders and you're like, no, 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 Uh, the entrance is over here. And uh, the three of you guys head up to the door uh, and the guard is there. He is a a white male humanoid, but like it's a little bit harder to tell if he's actually humanoid because his... He's covered in battle scars all over. He's got leather armor and this Viking helmet, this thick beard. And he looks down at you and goes, you cannot go in yet. Oh, but I am Yasonga and I am going to be performing my art here. I need to be inside. He scratches his beard and goes, if you are Yasonga, why are you not already here? That is a good question, and I must admit that I lost track of time and space somewhat. Mostly time. I apologize for my lateness, but I am here and do need to pass by you so that I may prepare my art. I do not recognize you. And he just glares at you with these just like dark brown eyes. I don't believe that we've met before, but surely someone has described me to you so that you would be able to let in Yasonga once he arrived. I was told that Yasonga was four foot nine. You are clearly much shorter than that. (laughs) Well, I would not say that I am much shorter than that. So you sent them a description of yourself. It said you were taller than you were. (laughs) Yes. Oh, he, yeah, he, yeah, he totally, he totally did that. He, he for sure put four nine and is four eight and was like, yeah, this will be fine. Well, uh, uh, that's that is uh, that is the description that I sent to uh, the director here. But that that's for nine. Once I'm in a pair of a pair of boots, and as you can see, I'm I'm barefoot, which would be why I appear slightly shorter than that. He raises an eyebrow. Go ahead and make a roll. <laughs> Nineteen. Excellent. Man, these rolls turned around. He raises an eyebrow and then goes, that does make sense. I suppose that you should put on your boots before you go inside, lest somebody else be as confused as I was. 
and he opens the door for you. Great. And the four of you guys go into the building. Uh, he doesn't seem to question that you brought guests. He is respectful of your artistry. When you get inside, this woman comes up to you. She, as I, I believe I explained this to the audience ahead of time, she has these tentacles flying out from all parts of her face. She has these flowing gold robes with royal blue accents. She has pale blue skin. And she goes, Ugh, Yasolga, you're late. I do apologize. Uh, I value your time, and I am very sorry to have uh, arrived slightly after I'd intended. It's embarrassing for me. Go, go to your place. Go to your place, and we can let the people in. Uh, yes, I, I will do so, and I've, I've brought these three with me. They will be helping me to perform today. And the four of you go over to where you've got a circular stage set up and they open the doors. The bouncer opens the doors and for a minute, it's almost as if like the people don't know where the entrance is, but eventually they start ushering themselves in and finding their way into the gallery. They stop by several of the sculptures. They look at the paintings, ooh and ah over the dancers, and then they land on you. Why don't you go ahead and give me a description of what your performance looks like? Uh, with these songs, three guests, he is going to ask each of them individually, starting with his uh, with his first his first encounter, to describe certain things that they remember about being carried by the rats and different tangible aspects that they describe that they remember. Yusonga then, as this as this person describes, you see many many of these tiny threads reach out to uh, the audience and the audience begins to feel those same things, the, the bristly hair, the undulation on their back. They continue to feel those sensations as Yusogo changes focus to the, the, two, the two younger friends that he's made and asks them to describe how they felt when they were caught. He, of course, doesn't reveal exactly what had happened, but says something along the lines of, during our encounter together, tell me how you felt once uh, we came face to face, as he winks pretty obviously towards each of them. They they talk a, a little bit about their feelings of, of fear that they had been caught, of, of guilt as they started to understand a little bit more. And then he asks them a few more questions about what uh, about specific things to remember. The one describes the, the maroon color of Isaga's robe, and more threads out from Ishaga's forehead to the audience as you could swear that the area that they were uh, that they are in seemed to tint just a little bit more red. More more questions, especially to the younger one, how he felt when he was ready to fight as he clenches his fists together and, and starts to bounce around a little bit. More threads out to the audience and each of the audience members feels just a little bit more more energized all the while each of these sensations is building on uh, one another. So they are still feeling the effects of the swarm of rats uh, all around them as they're also maybe getting a touch of adrenaline. And then in one instant, Isaga reaches his hand up to his own forehead, wraps his fist around the group of now hundreds of tiny, tiny threads, and simply removes them from his forehead, severing the connection between himself and the audience. There is a very visible and audible sigh from each audience member as the rest of their body relaxes from this barrage of, uh, of intense senses as a release from Yusalka's magic. There's a palpable shift in energy in the room as your performance ends, and 
it's that moment in a theater where people that like moment of silence before people start to clap where they're just like taking it in with their whole hearts and then suddenly they all start clapping and showering you with praise with your performance art piece being finished the crowd sort of starts to wander off in different directions looking at the other pieces all the while still chattering like did you feel the rats yes yes i felt the rats did you see the colors yes i saw them what color did you see you saw the same color i did and i was so energized at the end there i wanted to fight you you wanted to fight me no no i mean not literally fight you but kind of and they're just like pondering and musing over the experience your four new artists compatriots kind of uh, look to you and your 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 fanboy he goes I have never been so fulfilled in my entire life. I could just die right now and be happy. And uh, the other two are like, thanks for not ratting us out. The three of them kind of start to mingle with the crowd and Cassidy comes up to you and gives you uh, your payment uh, for the performance. And she goes, "Ugh, I know you're always late, but it's absolutely worth the wait. Well, I do remember at least once where I was on time. But thank you very much for having me. And I feel just as fulfilled as these people by being able to perform myself. God, you're such an artist. Well, aren't we all? Oh, my God. That hurt me. (laughs) That hurt hurt me. (laughs) But Cassidy's like in it. She's like, wow, yeah, we really are, aren't we? And then she, as the crowd starts to leave the gallery and it starts to disperse, She's sort of cleaning things up. She, the other artists start to take their pieces away. What are you doing while everybody else is like cleaning up their material things? I am standing directly in the middle of the room, very definitely in the way of some people. I'm just taking in each, each sense, focusing on each sense individually to try and lock it into my brain. You definitely feel, you know, people bumping into you, the whoosh of the wind as the door opens and closes. You hear the scraping of metal on mar- on the marble floor as people are, are removing their uh, sculptures or putting them away for the night. And uh, eventually you hear uh, Cassidy say, All right, Yasalga, it's time for you to pack up for the night. When you open your eyes, you can see that the room is empty. And... Then you hear a light ringing, almost like a ringing of a bell. And if you, as you look around the room, you can see on the wall, right behind where your stage had been, there's this small purple, almost translucent circle. Very curious about something that I've never seen before. Yes, it is not like anything you have ever seen before. I curiously approach it. As you walk slowly closer, the circle starts to expand and get bigger. You take a few more steps closer and it gets even bigger and you take a few more steps closer until you're almost right up against it and it expands and swells until it's larger than you and then suddenly it all goes black. And that's where we're going to end our episode. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of A Game Called Quest. A Game Called Quest is an actual play audio drama of the tabletop role-playing game Quest, created by T.C. Sadek and the Adventure Guild. 
This episode was edited and GM'd by me, Rose, and featured Brett as Yasulka. You can find more about both of us and our social media handles in the description box below. Also in the description box, you can find info about the amazing artists whose music we use for this episode. Each song was used under the Creative Commons license. We're so excited to have you as a part of our community. Please reach out to us using our Instagram or Twitter at GameCalledQuest and feel free to join our community Discord. A Game Called Quest is available for listening on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Overcast. Make sure to leave a review so that we can keep spreading these stories to as many people as possible. Thank you so, 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 so much for listening to another episode zero of A Game Called Quest.